You are listening to a teaching series from Jubilee Church entitled, I Do. This series works to take a fresh look at matrimony, marital brokenness, and dynamic singleness. If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Well, hey, we are uh, starting, we're in the second week, I should say, uh, of a series called I Do with a question mark. And, and the truth is, there's just tons of question marks around uh, marriage, around what it means to be single. And uh, we, we'll, what we're not saying in the series is like, hey, come to Jubilee, we have all the answers. Uh, but we want to invite you into a discovery uh, of the Bible, what it has to say about our lives and about marriage and about how this is all to work out. And I know that some of you were very excited about this series and you were getting pretty pumped up about this series. And uh, if that's you, I know a couple things about you. Um, one is that you value relationships. Uh, the second thing is you're a woman. And so uh, and that's a dig on us guys, in case you're wondering, um, because it probably wants something like this. You uh, you as the wife came home and said, hey, you know, I heard about this series at, at Jubilee Church. Oh, yeah, what's it about marriage? Hey, that's that's awesome. Why don't you go take notes and uh, report, let me know how it went. And um, ladies, I want to help you understand uh, guys a little bit in terms of how we think about marriage, which probably isn't going to make it a lot better, but maybe a little better. And so, um, and then I want to encourage the guys is that, you know, guys, you think about marriage maybe the way that you think about uh, the car, okay? Which I know they're different, but anyway, pl- work with me. Um, so you're going down. It's, it's that moment. You know, you're. You know, if you don't, you don't really. You just want the car to work. You don't really want to understand how. You know, you don't really want to understand it. And so, guys, you know, they just want the marriage to work. They, 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 they're not necessarily looking to understand it. And so, and so when you come and you're like, hey, can we talk about the relationship? Can we talk about our marriage? Right? And some of you guys are looking at your wife like, not me, honey, not me. That's not the way I am. No, that's not, that's not me. Whatever. So, it's, it's that, um, it's that moment, you know, you're driving down the car and like, uh, you know, you're talking back and forth and listening to the radio, and all of a sudden your husband's like, shh, wait a minute. Did you hear that? And you're like, hear what? You're like, oh, there, there it is again, shh. Did you hear that rattle? You're like, rattle? The car's making noise, let's turn the radio up. And then it's going, everything's fine. You know, I don't want to, I don't, you know, who cares about a little noise? I just want the car, if the car's working, it's fine. As long as it's not totally, a total disaster, uh, then everything's fine with the car. You know, guys think that about marriage. Hey, you know, as long as we're in the same room, we're still together. It's not a total disaster. Our marriage is great. And so that's kind of the way it thinks. But, the, you know, guys, the, the I just want to say the ladies are right. We do need to talk about it. We do need to work on it. Because just so you know, like your car, like if there's just a little thing wrong with it, the reason why you care about it is because you realize that if you don't fix it, there's going to be a big problem down down the road and a really expensive one at that. And, um, uh, and if you don't fix your, if you don't work on the little problems of your marriage, um, it's, it's going to, big problems are going to come down. And as my, um, professor said in college, my, uh, took this class on options in, uh, in financial derivatives in college. And he, uh, his, the first day of class, he walks in and he says, boys, 
if marriage is grand, then divorce is a hundred thousand grand. And uh, apparently, he just got divorced, and it was very expensive for him. So my point is, is you need to uh, pay attention if you don't want a bigger expense down the road. And so today, I want to talk about roles in marriage. And um, actually, the next two weeks, I want to talk about roles in marriage, roles of you know, what a husband and a wife and. And I was kind of like debating on which one I need, I should go with. And I was working on them and, you know, and I was leaning like toward, uh, talking toward, um, about like, what does it mean to be a wife? And so, uh, yesterday I go to my wife and I show her my notes and I said, Hey, what do you think? She says, I think you need to pray about it a little bit more. <laughs> and, uh, she's like, I don't want to tell you what to do. Uh, but I am going to tell you what not to do, and don't do that. And so, um, <laughs> and so I, I'm going to pray about that one a little bit more. I said, "Well, hey, that means like, hey, it's Saturday afternoon, and like, I, you know, this is usually time for us. Like, I'm going to have to go work on a, another message. Do whatever you have to do. Just don't, don't do that." I'm like, "Okay, all right. So we're not going to do that, but we're going to. So we are going to talk about it. We're going to talk about husbands today." And so to do that, go to Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians 5, verse 25. If you don't have a Bible, there'll be a black Bible in the chair in front of you. Phones are a good source for the scriptures as well, which is helpful. Just one verse. You only have a couple of hours, just go one verse. They asked me if I want a scripture reader. I'm like, I think I can handle one verse. I think I can, I think I got this. And don't be impressed that I have it memorized. All right. You know, I've done a lot of weddings. And so, um, but maybe we can, as men, all have this memorized eventually. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love, love, love your wife. They love to be loved. Husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church. And gave himself up for her. So let's just take that one word at a time. I know guys like it simple, so we're going to take it one word at a time. A husband. So what is a husband? A husband is a person who has a wife. That's it. A husband is a person who has a wife. So what do they do? Well, here comes their job description. If you want to know what the job description is for a husband, um, it is that they love their wife. This is your job description. This is super important. Uh, this is the thing. Um, at the top of the list is that you are called to love your wife. And it is very, very difficult. I'm going to speak on behalf of uh, the husbands. As a husband, it is very difficult uh, more than ever to be a godly husband. Uh, I want the men here to understand that I, I understand the complexities of what it means to be a godly husband. And in 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen, it says, act like a man. Okay, how do I do that? Act like a man. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Okay, so what is it? Men, am I to be strong? Or am I to do, am I to be loving in all that I do? Because I don't know that I can do both. I mean, some of us know what it means to be strong, not so good at what it means to be loving in all things. Some of us are really good at being loving in all things, not so good at being 
strong, to act like a man. A godly man is to know how to do both, to, to hold the tension of being strong for your family, but at the same time being loving in all things. Which means you wear a lot of different hats. The husband is called to wear a lot of different hats. You, you wear the provider hat. You know, you bring home the bacon. You work hard. You get ahead. You save for college. Uh, you be successful uh, in the workplace, but you better be successful at home. I mean, when you come home, you leave work at work. Uh, you be your best. You save your best energies for home. Um, and then you wear the handyman hat. You cut the grass. You fix the plumbing. You paint the hallway. You do it cheap, but you do it right. How's that going? <laughs> you play the dad hat. You play with the kids. You lead them spiritually. You have this tension. You got to be fun. But you got to be firm. And then the husband hat, the most important hat of all. Um, you can be successful in every area of your life, but if you fail at this, I mean, you're just... It's like you fail at everything. Lots of responsibilities. Um, it's hard to be strong. It's hard to be loving at the same time. Some of us, we, we know how to do one or the other, but we, we, we find it difficult to be both. What does it mean to love? Okay, so husbands, it says love your wife. That Greek word there is agapoo which is not a physical or sexual love. It's not saying husbands go make love to your wives, lest any of the husbands think, come home and say, honey, we got to be doers of the word, not just, you know, not just hearers of the word, okay? Um, that's not what's being talked about here. Uh, it's not even talking about a friendship love, you know, Philadelphia. I mean, your wife should be your best friend. When you think about who your best friend is, it's not the guy you play softball with or the guy you go bowling with or, what you know, your buddy from college, your best friend is your wife. It's important to uh, take her to coffee, to, to uh, understand her, to be her friend. It's important, guys. Um, in fact, I need to hear you say it's important. Say it's important. It's important. In fact, I'm going to have you say a few things today. Uh, you know, it will look good for you if you respond in front of your wife. Um, I tried to just throw it out there for and, and the other services, and they just, they whiffed. So I'm going to, I want to help you just b- bring the energy, say it's you. I mean, just get ready for this and, and, and maybe we can, um, get yourself out of that hole you're in. Okay. So, um, so being your friend, but it's not talking about that. Uh, agapo'o love means God's love. It's a giving love. It's a selfless love. It's a sacrificial love. Husbands, we should be able to list five things that we absolutely love to do that we are not going to do this week because we love our wives. It is a, it is a laying down your life sacrificial love. It's, it's not putting yourself first. It's the essence of marriage for uh, us as husbands is you before me. You before me. A husband isn't a guy who sits in the chair he wants, drives the car he wants, um, sets the kind of agenda he wants. That's not your calling as a man. Every time you put yourself first, husband, I'm telling you, it's like you're taking an ax and you're just going after the root of your marriage. There are things that wives do uh, that we'll talk about next week that that take an axe to the marriage, but husbands, this week, what we do, the thing that we do the most 
to destroy our marriages when we put ourselves first. We don't love sacrificially. Husbands, to love our wives, it's the greatest calling. It's an awesome calling. And it is an act of the will. I mean, maybe you're not feeling it. You're like, Brian, I'm just not feeling it anymore. It's, it's an act of the will. Jot this down. Do the things that love does and you will feel the things that love feels. Do the things that love does. You can call me out on this. And you will feel the things that love feels. Start doing the things that love does. Think back to how you won the girl in the first place and repeat that and repeat that and repeat that and repeat that. Do the things that love does and you will feel the things that love feels. And you think, you know, I used to do this. I used to hold her hand and we used to go here. We used to do these kinds of things. And how long has it been since you've done that? Well, it's been kind of a while and I don't know what her problem is. Well, maybe, maybe you stop doing the things that love does and maybe you stop feeling the things that love feels. Guess what? She stops feeling the things that love feels. God holds you accountable for this, men. Genesis 2. Genesis 2, we see that God puts uh, the man uh, and the wife in this beautiful, complementarian uh, partnership. No one out in front uh, in denigration or, or in, in domineering away and, and no one behind in this kind of inferior, just working together in this partnership. And in this partnership, God looks at the man and he holds him responsible uh, for his home. And in Genesis 3, when it rolls around and, and, you know, Eve is the one who sins. Eve is the one who takes of the fruit. Eve is the one uh, who sins first. God does not come and hold Eve accountable, but he comes and he holds Adam accountable. And he says, where are you? Well, God knew where he was. Adam didn't know where he was. Adam forgot his place. Adam forgot what he was supposed to do. Adam forgot that he was supposed to protect, to lead. And he's being held responsible. Being a leader in a home is not getting your way. In fact, I would argue the essence of being a leader in your home is consistently not getting your way. If you want to, you go to buy a car and she wants a, a blue one and you want a green one, you're getting a blue one. She drives a nicer car. She sits in the nicer seat. Husbands, we're responsible. We're respons- Who's responsible? We are. How was your chance, guys? <laughs> Who's responsible? We are. All right, there we go. We are farmers. Dun, dun, dun. That's what it sounded like to me. Um, one of the terrible things about preaching on marriage, uh, if you want to just come in my world for a second, is that your life is in a fishbowl, right? My life is, my, me and my wife, our life's in a fishbowl. We have this theological conviction that elders are to be amongst. We talked about this four or five weeks ago. You know, as elders, we live our lives amongst. We don't live our lives. We're not these pretentious guys that live separate lives. Uh, you know, we, 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 we do things differently. You know, we have our parking spots and, uh, 
Uh, that's not the way we live. I mean, you can get this shirt for 12 bucks at Ross. Uh, you know, I drive a 2006 Ford Fusion. Uh, you know, a guy last week, new guy last week found out that, you know, I drive back and forth from, uh, two different locations preaching. They're like, man, you must have some kind of Batmobile. I'm like, not really. And, um, and, uh, they're like, man, how fast is it? I'm like, well, it goes to zero to 60. And, um, well, I'm not sure I've ever been to 60, but I'm sure it's, it's there. Uh, we're not, uh, these pretentious guys. Um, our lives are in a fishbowl because we are a monk. So before this series, and I think you guys can appreciate this, before the series, I have to have a little pep talk with myself. Like, Brian, do not get in an argument before the series on marriage. <laughs> Don't do it. Just, just nod your head, you know, play it cool, just, <laughs> Go about your day. If you see some dishes, do the dishes. If you do, if you see any, anything you can do, Rachel comes up to me, hey, can we go to that really nice place? Yes, we can go to that really nice place for dinner. Can we go to this? Oh, absolutely we can do that. Can we do it? Yes, we can. Yes, 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 yes. But alas. <laughs> Last week we get into a misunderstanding. And so, and, she begins to explain to me twice what I did wrong. And, um, and for, and after she does this for the first five or 10 minutes, after she does, after she explains to me what I do, here's what's going through my mind. Is there any way that this could not be my fault for five or 10 minutes? I'm thinking I'm taking all of the creative energy in brain power that God has given me to figure out how I, this is not my fault. I came up with nothing. <laughs> I came up with nothing. Um, but even if I could have thought of something, I mean, let's just say, guys, it's like 90% her fault, right? It's 90% her fault. Um, the thing that you and I need to do is that we need to go to her and repent and apologize for our 10%. And just for the record, I would not use percentages with your wife. Um, it's just an illustration. Um, percentages will not help you at all. And but whatever you do, don't do the silent treatment. Anybody do the silent treatment? You know, you get upset. Oh, I just won't say anything. I'll show them. And I heard about one couple giving themselves the, the, the silent treatment for, for four days. For four days. And um, on the fourth day, the husband had to go out of town and not wanting to be the first to give in, decided to write his wife a note. So, okay, I've got to, I've got to get up in the morning. to. Um, so she, he writes a note, please wake me up at 5 a.m., have an important flight to catch. The next morning, he wakes up, son shining through the window, looks at his clock, and it's 7.30. He gets up out of bed angry and goes to confront his wife. On the way to confront his wife, he sees uh, where he put the note that he gave his wife, and next to it is a note that his wife uh, wrote to him that said, Wake up, it's 5 a.m. <laughs> Here's my point. Nobody wins with the silent treatment. Nobody wins. Men, if it's happening in your home, 
Who's responsible? There we go. And you have to be on your toes because women by nature are nurturers. Uh, she has a much harder time dealing with relational conflict than you do. First of all, she notices it uh, way before you do. So she's living with the conflict longer than you are. And because, uh, in general, uh, she wants to harmonize more than you, and in general, because she wants to resolve the conflict more than you, chances are, if you're not uh, on top of this, she's coming to you more often than not. And if that is true, um, I just want to encourage you uh, that that in that situation, you're not leading, but not only that you're not leading, but you will crush her spirit. You will crush her spirit. Because one of these days, because of the way her heart works, she'll just stop. And there'll be a, a few months where you'll think, man, my marriage is going great. I haven't heard from her in a long time. Except that she stopped caring. And she closed her heart off to you. It's tragic when men don't lead and aren't the first ones to repent. So husbands love, here's the next word, your wife. Your wife. The guy who has an eye for every pretty girl that walks by him is destroying his marriage. And I'm not even talking about pornography. I'm not even talking about having an affair. I'm just saying that if you have allowed your eyes and your attention to be directed to other women, uh, you are putting your marriage at risk. Uh, Job made a covenant to never look at a woman twice. And God made beauty. Unless you wear a blindfold, you are going to notice beautiful people. You are going to notice beautiful women. The issue is, do you notice them more than once? Do you have a second look? And here's the deal. It's, I'm not, again, I'm not saying, well, maybe it'll lead to an affair. Maybe it won't. That's not even the point. Even if it doesn't. The problem here is you will erode your capacity to love your wife. Your, your brain is a powerful thing. And where you set your affection, where you set your attention, um, it will cause you, it will divert it, and it will cause you not to put that upon your wife if you have this habit of noticing beauty consistently with others. And so you need to notice the beauty in your wife, and you need to verbalize it. You need to notice it, and you need to verbalize it, not just for her, but for you. If you do the things that love does, you will feel the things that love feels. The kind of love that's being talked about here has been talked about as scholars as an efficacious love. And an efficacious love changes. You have the opportunity as a husband, to change your wife. You have an opportunity as a husband in how you love her to make her even more lovely and more beautiful than she already is by how you love her and how you show her 
affection and attention. Yeah, you can, yeah, I mean, you know, you've got a female coworker. I mean, yeah, you give compliments and you can, uh, you don't have to be weird, you know, around other women. But you take the sum total of all the compliments and the attention you show other women and it needs to be a drop in the bucket compared to the attention that you lavish upon your wife. So it's not about just not doing this thing. Oh, I just can't look here, can't look here. It's, you're still going to... you got to learn to lavish attention upon your wife and it will it will show up in other areas. In God's wisdom, she is the only provision you have. She's the only provision you need for everything. Enjoy her. Love her. Uh, your marriage is what you make of it. You're thinking, well, I've not made much of it. Well, you can start making much of it. I mean, one of the things that I just hope rests over this series, I talked about this last week, is that, you know, in our vows, you know, there's this line in our vows that said, from this day forward, And I hope that we have the kinds of marriages uh, that don't live in the past, but they learn to draw a line in the sand and say, from this day forward. From this day forward. We all make mistakes. We all mess up. There's There's no perfect husband in this room. I'm not a perfect husband. My wife just not happens not to be here, so I can say some things now. Uh, But to understand, so God in his mercy in Lamentations 3.23 declares, Jeremiah the prophet declares about God, I should say, that his mercies are new every morning. God never grows tired. Uh, He never wakes up one day on the bad side of the bed, on the wrong side of the bed, you know, I'm done. I've had enough. No mercy. Every day. For how many thousands or billions or whatever number you want to put on there. He wakes up and he says, I've got fresh mercy for you and 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 for you. And I want us to be the kinds of people. I want us to have the kinds of marriages that receive that mercy for ourselves. And here's where the money is. We give that mercy to others, especially our spouses. So if you've not made much of your marriage husbands, I believe I believe with all of my heart that from this day forward, you can make a difference. And she may not be there today because of the mistake. There may be real consequences for how you've led your family and how you've treated your wife. And she may not be there today. But I want to encourage you to let your humility be the thing that unloads the grace of God in your marriage. And I guarantee you it will change her. It will affect. It will make the difference in your home and in your future. Love her by seeking to serve her desires. Last week, we, you know, we talked about how in marriage we come to the altar with these big boxes of desires. Right? And, uh, and what happens somewhere along the way, these desires become expectations. And now you have this marriage that's filled with expectation. And it's suffocating. We talked about how we need to release each other from those expectations. But those desires are good desires. I want to encourage you, husbands, to go find those desires and that your wife has and seek to serve those desires. Here's one I'm working on. Here's, here's some areas where I'm getting a D, if not an F. Love her by giving her your full attention when she's talking. 
Love her by giving her your full attention. Anybody here get busted because you're looking at the phone because your wife's talking about, um, talking about something I forgot. But the, uh, <laughs> yes, guilty, guilty, guilty. I did that recently. And she made the mistake. Can't, can you believe it? She made the mistake of assuming that she had my full attention when she was talking. She made that mistake. And uh, I missed some key information that would have been very helpful for me. That had I heard it, I um, wouldn't have made her feel as unloved later that day as I did. Because I had to explain when she asked me, hey, you knew I wanted this to happen. How come you didn't do this? And I just, I mean, it's just like, you're, I mean, you're just dead in the water. It's just like, I mean, what am I going to say? Oh, I didn't hear you, uh, which I did. And um, it got worse, and uh, it should have gotten worse. And uh, I, 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 I need to work at loving my wife by giving her my full attention when she's talking to me. Here's another one I'm working on that I want to encourage us in. Open up, husbands, about how you're feeling. Don't be strong for her in a foolish way that you unlock her, or excuse me, that you lock her out of your feelings. Um, and I get it. I mean, I am an emotionally repressed man. Right, I, I, I don't highs and I don't know highs and lows. I don't, I don't get really all that excited. I mean, I'm a terrible person to give a gift to. Like, I just like, I just don't know. How, I don't get, I don't get super high, and, and I don't get, I don't get super depressed either. It's really hard to hurt my feeling, and um, <laughs> usually I can't find it, and so. Um, Took a while, didn't it? So we, uh, I was patient. I was patient. Patient. Now my wife is not like that. My wife understands how she feels and she can articulate it very well in an alphabetical order. Um, and when we first got married, that frightened me. I was legitimately scared because I'm thinking like, if I felt the way you, I would think the end of the world is coming near. Like I, I mean, I don't, I'd have never experienced that kind of emotion. So it was, it was very foreign to me, and I was very scared. And then, uh, and then I had daughters, and and then I had a panic attack with all the feelings happening, um, in the house. And my wife was also afraid because she, she just thought I was like not. She didn't realize that this was normal for me. And so that was hard for her. Um, but I want to learn to not be afraid of my feelings because it might make me look weaker than I want to appear to be. But actually it's a way that I can express love to her by letting her in a little bit more. And, and men, we love our wives not to get something in return. Uh, part of the problem with a lot of marriage books out there is, you know, if you, you know, if you vacuum and like you do the dishes and stuff, I mean, she'll do stuff for you too. 
And so like you go and vacuum, you do the dishes and you're waiting and you're waiting. You're like, well, this didn't work. <laughs> and then you get angry and bitter at her and you, you shouldn't even know why. And then, and then try to explain that one to her. Well, I thought if I did, you know, it doesn't work. And so, and, um, you have a biblical obligation to love her, um, in spite of what you get in return. You know why? Because that's how Jesus Christ has loved the church. When he came and he died for the church, what did he get in return? Yeah, zero. He got zero. So we need to love our wives that way. And we have this obligation to, to romance our wives. This isn't talking about um, uh, the sexual part necessarily, but about making her feel special. Now, here's the good news for those of us who are not wired this way, because I completely get it. If you're not prone to, you know, like poetry and creativity, um, God gave us Google. And so, I mean, he just like lobbed it. He just like lobbed it up there for us. I mean, back in the day, I mean, you out there, you know, like uh, trying to get the crops in or whatever. And you, But God gave us, God gave us, so you just have to, you, romantic ideas. That's all you have to do. It's really not that hard. Are for some of you cheap romantic ideas. I mean that it's not complex. It doesn't have to be complex. You don't have to be William Shakespeare. You just God's helped you there. But to to be to to seek out, I want to make her feel special. I want to make her feel special. And we have to understand in loving her. So so first Peter three says to to live with your wife in terms of how a man leads and loves his wife, is we do this in an understanding way. We do this in an understanding way. You need to know your wife, men. You need to study your wife. You need to get a PhD in your wife. We need to be card-carrying, understand-my-wife society president. I mean, we need to be that guy. We need to know her. We need to know her rhythms. We need to know... um, uh, what she likes, what she doesn't like. Uh, we need to develop the leadership in the home around that kind of understanding of our wives and how she feels loved. And if you will just permit me for a moment to make some generalizations, and if you're a woman here and you don't fit in this generalization, I apologize. Um, but just in in understanding my wife and just counseling dozens if not hundreds of, of couples in how they are. These are some generalizations that I have found true. That, and again, I'm talking to guys mainly here, that would have been really helpful for me to know as a, as a husband. And um, the first generalization I wanna, that I think will help you guys is she's more sensitive than you. She's more sensitive than you. Women are wounded by things that men don't even notice. I mean, have you ever been like driving in the car back from like a community group or some social gathering and you're like whistling and you look over and she's crying? You're just like, what, 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 what? And not only do you not understand your wife, but she has the injustice and the double pain of having to explain it to you. You weren't even aware of what she felt. Two, um, women are more security oriented. Um, 
We are to protect and provide, and ladies need to know that's going to happen. Uh, they need to know that we've thought it through. Uh, they need to know that we're just not going to like wake up one day and just do something crazy. Uh, that we're not going to go into debt for the, for, to buy toys for ourselves. Uh, that we're just going to like go do what we want and make our decisions on our own and da 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 da. And, uh, she's not the caboose to your train. Um, um, she's a partner. Uh, she's an equal partner. Uh, and you cannot expect men to take those kinds of risk and not put at risk your marriage. Uh, you're thinking, well, if she loves me, she would forgive me. Yeah, and if you loved her, you wouldn't do that. You would live with her in an understanding way. Seventy. Here's a stat for you. 75% of all depression medication is prescribed to women. Why is that? Well, a big part of that is a generalization. Because they bear the emotional burden of the family why the guy is fumbling around in the couch for the remote. Unaware of what's pressing upon the relationship. Unaware of what's pressing upon the family. My wife feels how my actions affect our kids way quicker and way deeper than I do by a mile. I mean, if I had to, if I had to theme what she tells me when I come home, it's, it's just the worry that she feels about what's happening in, uh, Simon's life or what's happening in Josie's heart or what's going on with Ella. And I'm just like, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And maybe it will, but I've just realized that I'm really insensitive. I'm not tapped in. Uh, I don't feel that emotional burden like she feels. She feels it way quicker and way deeper. And that is a gift to us, guys. Rachel sees, again, how our actions, excuse me, and my actions affect our kids. And it's like, why is, I think they're like pain sensors. Um, and we all know what happens if you ignore pain. If you put your hand on, you know, the classic thing, you put your hand on the hot stove and you don't feel pain, you will destroy your hand. Husbands, we've been called together in partnerships with our wives. Husbands needing wives, wives needing husbands. And our wives are like the pain sensors. And if you do not pay attention and take seriously her emotions and how she feels about your relationship and how she feels about what's going on with the kids, you will destroy your family and you will destroy your marriage because you're ignoring that gift to you. I thank God for that. I don't want to belittle it. I don't want to ignore it. I want to thank God for that. Um, she needs me, but no doubt I need her. These gifts are an emotion, or excuse me, are a gift to us. Now, I just want to be clear. There's no doubt about it. Like, uh, the emotions of your wife could, could steer, um, you know, your family in a wrong direction. There's that ditch to fall into. You can overhear that and just be like, okay, we'll change this. Okay, we'll change that. Okay, we'll change this. And, and it can go all over the place. And some of us have advocated our leadership, and that's a ditch. But today, I want to talk to those of us um, that under uh, who underweight our wives' emotions. I want to challenge us to say, hey, we need to be listening to this. Um, and then finally, I just want to close with this. Um, this call to love, again, it's a call to love as Christ has loved the church. And if you just take that at face value, 
That is an absolutely crushing example. Oh, yeah, it's no big deal, guys. Just love, you know, just love love your wife as Christ loved the church. I mean, do you know how Christ loves the church? You know how that goes? He didn't do anything wrong, except he still took responsibility. So here's a call for us, guys. Who's responsible? I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you another chance because I'm <laughs> I'm a good-hearted guy. Who's responsible? We are. Jesus took responsibility for even things that weren't his fault. When Jesus died on the cross, he wasn't dying for his sin. He was dying for my sin. He was dying for your sin. The example for you is whatever goes wrong in your home, it's your fault. But she did. doesn't matter. It's your fault. You take responsibility for what's going wrong in your home. It also means to love. It means to lay down your life. It means to live with this attitude of you before me. You don't sit in the chair you want. You don't drive the car. You, you don't do, you, and then she, you prefer her. You lay down your preferences for her. You let her do your hobbies, her hobbies, before you do yours. You prefer her. And again, this is a crushing example, except that it's not meant to be just an example. Um, It's also our source of power. You know, Paul was able to say in Galatians 2.20 that it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the big picture of the Bible isn't that he just like, he like leaves us here to like figure out how to nail life, how to have the best marriage, the best job, the best whatever, best house. That's not the point of life. The point of life is that he's wanting to draw from every tribe and tongue, men and women, into a relationship with him. And men, as we look at this example of Jesus and how he loves you and I, and we try to take that vertical love and we try to apply it in our wives and we fail over and over and over again, Instead of getting frustrated and say, forget it, I can never do it. What God wants you to do is to see your own brokenness. That you're not who you think you are. And for you to, to humbly come to him and say, God, I need you. And in those moments, you draw near into relationship with God, which means we need to know his, we need to be men who seek the voice of God. We need to be men who read the word of God. We need to be men who gather other guys around us to encourage us in this. Because we'll never get there on our own. God has an example for us in Jesus, but he also has a power for us in Jesus. You have, you have all the resources in heaven to be the kind of husband that God's called you to be by practicing being responsible and laying down your life kind of love. And here's the good news for those guys who are single, who aspire to be married. You can, you don't have to wait until your husband to be a better husband. You can be a better husband today. Because the key isn't to find the be- you know, the one. The reality is, I mean, 
the one is, is God. He's the one. He's the one that we seek. And when we seek him and we find him, he transforms our lives into being the kind of men that we're meant to be and the kind of women that we need to be. So husbands, seek after God. Be the first to repent. Take the responsibility and lay down your lay down your preferences and serve hers instead.